I wanted to share with the audience today is the combination of getting the adequate amount of omega-3 and then using cannabinoids if appropriate, and we can get into that, the combination of these two things together seem to have a profound effect. And we're seeing it clinically and we're seeing it in the research. Meaning, if you take CBD, you'll get better results if you take omega-3. If you take omega-3, you may get some added benefit by taking CBD. So it's very exciting to watch how these different systems are able to work together. After all, the endocannabinoids are lipids, omega-3s are lipids. Welcome to Nutrition Without Compromise, a podcast brought to you by Orlo Nutrition. We believe that nutrition shouldn't be an either or, that you should never have to sacrifice your morals for your health or that of our home planet. Join natural products veteran Karina Belizzi and experts from around the globe as they discuss healthy solutions that are better for you and better for the planet. Welcome to another interview episode of Nutrition Without Compromise. I'm your host, Karina Belizzi. And today I have a real treat in store for you as I get to introduce you to a longtime collaborator and friend, Stuart Tomk. Stuart is Vice President of Science, Regulation, and Education at CV Sciences, makers of Plus CBD. With over 30 years of experience in the nutritional health industry, he is regarded as an authority on functional foods and dietary supplements. I got to know Stuart when we both worked together in the field of omega-3s, putting Nordic Naturals on the map. Stuart left the omega-3 field and joined CV Sciences specifically to help launch Plus CBD and be a part of the hemp CBD evolution, or should we say revolution? Stuart, welcome to the show. Kareen, it's so good to see you. Thank you for having me on your show. I feel like this has been a long time coming. We've been talking about doing this for some time. And with a background like you have doing radio and being on immense media tours, talking on stage, even jumping up onto podiums to demonstrate the energy and vitality that you get taking omega-3s or the other amazing supplements that you have worked to put on the map ultimately. I'm just so thrilled to have you here. So thank you. It's such a pleasure to be here. Now, I want to start with a specific question that I like to ask many of my guests. But when we get to talking about nutrition and health, I like to position that specifically around what this show is all about and really take your interpretation. So what does nutrition without compromise mean to you? Nutrition without compromise to me means always reflecting on what I can do, what we can do to live a more healthy, robust, vital life. And that might require changing and changing course. For example, for many, many years, I was a vegan and even close to a raw food person for a long time and when I was much younger. And that may not have been the ideal diet for me. And rather than being ideologically bound to my cause, I was open. I remain open. So I think nutrition without compromise ultimately boils down to remaining open so that you can allow the data and your own health experience to help dictate your health decisions. Even as... You and I have known each other for a long time now. I went through back in 2009, ultimately learned that I had a thyroid problem and most of the products available don't work for me. But guess what? One that comes from a porcine base, meaning it's taken from a pig, works really well. 
So even if I ideologically wanted to be a vegan, I might have a really hard time doing that because all of the synthetic hormones that are created basically make me feel like my heart is pounding out of my chest and like I'm about to have a heart attack. I mean, anxious, anxiety, it could just go on and on about the feelings that I get in those cases. And if I don't take the recommended drug application, right, I find that my body gets really cold and I start to have health problems that relate all to the function of my thyroid. And so I think to your point, nutrition often has to be very, very personalized and we need to listen to our bodies for what works best for us. Some people thrive on a high carbohydrate diet, others not so much. Others require higher protein and higher omega-3 levels, higher fats overall. So I'd love for you to talk to me as we dive into this subject a little bit more deeply about your transition as you learned about the research and moved from wanting to stay exclusively focused on omega-3s and how passionate you were about them and kind of opened your world to endocannabinoid research, (laughs) CBD, and everything that we've learned as a result of, well, let's just say it, a lot of money and a lot of time spent in research about how the brain and how our physiology works. Well, thank you. Before we do that, I want to touch on what you just said, because we share something in common. I don't know if I've ever told you this, but I also suffer with a thyroid condition. It's type two hypothyroidism. And like you, I was taking the bovine and then the porcine glandular material for my thyroid for many, many, many years, and it was working. And I felt great. And all of a sudden, I started having some vision problems out of nowhere. And I got very concerned. And one of our medical advisors here at uh, CV Sciences said to me in our conversation, he was asking me what dietary supplements I'm taking. So I told him what I was taking and he said, stop. And I said, stop what? He said, you need to go get some pure T3 and T4 and find an endocrinologist that you can trust. And he said, my father had this exact same issue that you did. After years and years and years of the animal tissue, his body started to create some antibodies, which makes sense because you're taking living tissue, even if it's desiccated. And all I did was switch my father to the appropriate amount of T3, T4, and his vision cleared up immediately. Now, that was such a leap for me, Karina. I was so married and ideologically wed to my glandular little pills that made me feel so good that once I went to a compounding pharmacist with the help of an endocrinologist, now I'm lucky, my doctor also practices Ayurveda, and so he's an MD, but he'll also give me pulse readings at the same time. So I'm able to sort of marry both of those thoughts together. So that was a really powerful experience for me. And one of the many experiences where I learned about how, to your point, nutrition without compromise means really listening. Listening not just to our bodies, but listening to the data. Another quick story, I took way too much vitamin D when I was working for you. I don't know if you remember that all those years ago. So did you end up with kidney stones, right? I can't prove it, but the doctors are fairly certain my vitamin D levels were so astronomically high that when they came into the little room where I was sitting there with the schmock and they had the IV drip in me and I'm shaking and I'm cold, it was an intervention. I had a vitamin D intervention. Just share with the audience for a moment how much you were taking on a consistent basis of vitamin D3. 50,000 I use a day for years. And my vitamin D levels got beyond, I'm going from memory now. I know they were north of 400. They might have been north of 600. 
So just for context for everyone here, generally speaking, recommendations are that you might take as little as 400 IU a day, perhaps 1,000 IU. Many of the supplements out there are 1,000, some are 5,000. But a 50,000 dose is usually only given by prescription. And in that case, taken once a week or once every two weeks even. And individuals that they might fear won't remember to take the vitamin D when they're a severe deficiency. Typically, it takes a long, long time to have your levels come that far up or that far down because vitamin D acts a lot like hormones do in the body. It means it takes time to stabilize or increase. And so there are people in the anti-aging community specifically that aim to get their levels at 80 specifically. Is it nanoliters per deciliter, something like that? But you're saying yours was at 400. Maybe even 600. I'm going from memory. It was astronomically high. My wife was there in the ICU where I was, the emergency room, not the ICU, rather, the, in the emergency room. My kid, with little kid, my son was very small at the time, and she was crying, and I was giggling, probably an inappropriate stress response. But the fact that I was being lectured for taking so much vitamin D was shocking to me, but the reality is I was taking too much, and the reason I was taking that much was I am open, probably a little bit too open to influence. And actually, a mutual friend of ours that had a health food store that's now no longer in business was private labeling it. In any case, I use it as a great example of how you can make mistakes, how I can make mistakes with the very best of intentions, wanting to be as healthy as I can be, trying to control the variables that I can. Well, I think this will be interesting to people because too much of a good thing can actually be a bad thing. And in the case of something like a fat-soluble vitamin, like vitamin D3, You can get too much, and especially if you're not balancing your diet with the other connected particular nutrients. So at the same time you're consuming 50,000 IU of vitamin D3, and I'm doing investigation now, I want to know how much vitamin K2 you were taking. Well, you make an excellent point. I was eating green leafy vegetables, but not nearly enough, and I wasn't taking vitamin K2. So nutrition without compromise, to me, always means, as I said, being open to being wrong, being able to stand there and say, I was wrong, and now I'm going to change course and try something else. So that was a perfect example of how my best ideas and being too ideological was not bringing me towards perfect health or ideal health. Wow. Well, I think, again, it's important for people to understand nutrition and balance is key overall. And this is perhaps one of the reasons that so many nutritionists and registered dietitians will always point people first to diet, have a balanced diet, and then supplements should be something that is a supplement to a healthy diet. There's no way to erase your bad habits by just taking a pill, right? And in the case of Stuart, he's an extreme. And so for those of you who don't know Stuart Tonk already, I worked with him at Nordic Naturals. And during the time where we worked together for, I was there for a decade, you were there for an overlap of about five years, and then another couple of years on top of that, right? You would actually take a wine glass equivalent of cod liver oil on a daily basis. And for people to get a context of how much omega-3 that is, a single tablespoon of cod liver oil would have something in the tune of maybe five grams of EPA and DHA combined, which is way more than, generally speaking, all of the research has even been done on omega-3s for heart health or for any of the connected influence pieces for omega-3s. So it's great for you. I'm reading all the research. The research is so promising. I should just get more of this stuff. And really, we do need to have a diet that's in balance. Most of us, 
have a diet that has something like 15 times more omega-6s than omega-3s. And because of that, we're off kilter. We need to get closer to a three-to-one or a one-to-one. But I would venture to guess that when we were collaborating in the field of omega, Stuart, you might have been 15 times more omega-3 than omega-6. Thank you for taking us down this road. I think a lot of people will benefit from hearing this because I know I'm not alone in this self-care arena. One of my doctors says to me, he calls me up and says, Stuart, are you still practicing medicine on yourself? Well, it's like biohacking, right? Like you're attempting to do the biohacking, but the piece that I think you were missing at this point was actually having routine tests done, routine blood work to really see how you were doing on the vitamin D3 as a, for example, and on your omega-3 levels. And there are tests available. They aren't that expensive. Generally speaking, you would spend something like $40 for about vitamin D tests that you could get over the counter, right? And perhaps 50 for an omega-3 blood spot test by Omega Quant. I think that's their base package is like $49. And so you could be checking your levels on a periodic basis if you were concerned about it. But the reality is you just thought more is good, more is better. And then therefore, I don't need to check this stuff, right? I'm so happy you mentioned testing. I was against testing until I learned more and that my mentors inspired me. The only way to know what's going on with you, Stuart, is to be getting these constant tests so that you can find out. And so part of the reason I think I was taking so much of the cod liver oil First of all, I actually really enjoyed the taste of it, which sounds strange. A lot of people might not love the taste of it, but I do. And we were at the trade shows and I'm always handing out the little samples, asking people, hey, have you had your brain food? Hey, have you had your brain food? And then you sample it. You show them it's good, right? Yeah, you have one and I'll have one and you have one and I have one. And I did notice this too, that in those days that I took so much cod liver oil, I really wasn't hungry during the day at all. And I didn't have to leave the trade show booth and my skin was good and But you're right. At a certain point, there's GI discomfort and that's just too much. And too much is not nutrition without compromise. So I'm glad we started with this. (laughs) I want to actually comment on this too, because when I was at trade shows alongside you, I would often do the same thing to prove to people it doesn't taste fishy and it's not terrible. And when I would go ahead and let's say maybe three or four doses throughout the day, might be three or four teaspoons, which is like a tablespoon and a little bit, right? I would start to feel as though I was over-caffeinated. It was almost exactly the same feeling I have when I'm over-caffeinated. And this gets to kind of the physiology of how things work in your body. Omega-3s actually can help improve your blood flow, right? Your blood gets a little bit more slippery, gets through your veins a little bit more quickly. So you might not quite as well if you get a ton of omega-3 into your system. And so in this particular case, it ties to research on caffeination because when you get over caffeinated, you're generally, you have a vasodilation that happens or your blood flow is essentially increased everywhere in your body. And so for me, these feelings went hand in hand and it would be my signal that I probably too much omega-3, I'm gonna back off for a little bit. Now, this is in somebody who has a diet that is already balanced for its omega-3 and omega-6, right? And so when it's like you actually throw too much of a good thing on top of a good thing, you can have a bad outcome. And for me, that meant that when I would cut myself shaving, it would take a long time to clot. And this, again, is not the norm. Anybody consuming a daily dose of omega-3 in a supplementary form is not going to see this happen. I can guarantee that virtually. But I wonder if you had other things crop up just as in the situation where you're operating as an inborn experiment on yourself. 
it was the GI discomfort. That's when I realized I'm taking way too much of this. And I want to make sure, because there are two different blood spot tests out there, that we also mention Dr. Doug Beavis, Lipid Labs. There's a huge debate. We're not going to go into it on this show. Maybe we'll do a whole show on that if you don't mind. I would love to. But I don't think it's really as big of a deal as people think. I know there's a huge debate. Again, I don't want to get into it, but I think testing your omega-3s, to your point, will be standard. And my prediction is that your omega-3 test will show up next to your vitamin D. Your vitamin D level and your omega-3 levels will be standard on blood tests for everyone within the next decade. Remember 20 years ago, 10 years ago, your vitamin D level was not on your standard blood panel. And now it is, and everybody's talking about it. I think your omega-3 status and your omega-3 number, whichever the tests you use, whether it's the omega quant test or the lipid labs test, I believe that this will be one of the most important numbers. And the reason I say it's so important is because whether you take the product that you're making and the product that you've helped to create now, the polar lipids, or you're taking fish oil, or you're reducing your omega-6, what matters is the tissue. The tissue is the issue. And at the end of the day, knowing what your omega-3 status is in your tissues and not guessing, just like knowing what your vitamin D levels are and not guessing, that's nutrition without compromise. And that's a great example of where technology and intention can really come together and help make all of us healthier. Back in, I believe it was 2009, you and I both attended a conference called the International Society for the Study of Fatty Acids and Lipids in Maastricht, Holland. And at that show, as we were deeply steeped in research on omega-3s and this question of attaining the omega-3 to omega-6 balance, there were also some offshoot sessions that were around in particular, the endocannabinoid system, the receptors that exist in our body for this endocannabinoid system, the fact that omega-3s seem to have an impact there, but this also led you down the rabbit hole that landed you where you presently are and the world of CBD. So I was hoping that you could help our audience at Nutrition Without Compromise understand these connections and what led you from this world of omega-3s being as deeply steeped in the research as I was into the realm of CB sciences and CBD, everything you're doing there. Well, Karina, thank you. It was so much fun to be with you in Maastricht, Holland at that giant conference. And what Karina is referring to, right at that time, papers were being published that were talking about the endocannabinoids and the endocannabinoid system. And they were tongue twister words. Endo meaning endogenous inside the body. Correct. And I had never heard of this before, and it turns out that this endogenous cannabis system that we're all born with was only discovered in 1992. So it's really a relatively new system. So when we say endogenous cannabis system, think of your endogenous opioid system. We have an endogenous opioid system, and we have an endogenous cannabinoid system. And the connection for me was one of our heroes. Captain Dr. Joseph Hiblin, who was at the National Institutes of Health at the time, published a paper about how they fed these animals a whole bunch of soybean oil, the way that most Americans eat, and all of the soybean oil elevated their endocannabinoids and made the animals hungry, gave them the munchies, and made them eat all the time. And he believed that there was a link to obesity. 
And he was making the argument that if you overactivate the endocannabinoid system by eating ham and spam and ding-dongs and chicken nuggets and ho-hos and Krispy Kremes, that you can maybe artificially give yourself the munchies similar to THC and create this insatiable appetite. People are going to relate to this so much because that initial research, it connects to exactly what happens when you open a bag of chips. Exactly. It is like, what is the single serve size? Like it's never enough, right? So you literally can open a bag of potato chips and want to consume the whole thing with little regard for how many calories have come in. It doesn't make you feel more full. It's got this perfect mix of salt, seed oils, specifically high in omega-6s, and also sometimes dusted with sugar or starches in addition to, in addition to the starches that exist in the potato chip itself. So it's like food or a food product, let's just call it, that's engineered to make you not be able to stop. And we were both talking at that time, along with our other colleagues, about how interesting, and it's still a, a theory, let's say it's, it's not proven yet, but there's a possibility that people were actually eating themselves into an insatiable state. They were not getting satisfied with what they were eating simply because all of those omega-6s were lighting up the same receptor in the brain that THC speaks to and gives people the munchies. And it's a vicious cycle where you're in a pro-hedonic cycle where you're constantly seeking the effect of these foods. I since learned later on that the National Institutes of Health, they're studying this exhaustively because they say that food is the most addictive substance that people are dealing with in terms of some of their health challenges. In any case, the school solution was once they gave those animals omega-3, once they gave the animals omega-3 on top of their garbage diet, they were able to reverse the metabolic derangement and the adiposity. And it's one little fun story, but if you remember, Karina, in that first paper, they had these animals that were eviscerated, and I put that on a giant slide, and I was going around, I was the educator uh, working for you at Nordic Naturals at the time, and I was putting up this giant slide saying, look, they feed these rats 8% omega-6, and they blow up like balloons at the Macy's Day Parade. And we cut them open and they're like, we cut them open. These are all natural product people. I got the feedback was, please, Stuart, take that slide down. We don't want to see the mice open. Nobody wants to see it. But I was so intrigued with when you fed the mice omega-3 along with what they were doing. They didn't change what they were doing. They didn't make the mice exercise. They didn't make the mice fast. They just fed omega-3 on top of the junk diet. And they were able to reverse a very large amount of the metabolic derangement that they believe was caused by hyperactive food-seeking behavior. So the school solution is, if you do feel like you are starving all the time, and it might be a result of your endocannabinoid system, that's one of the supreme and important reasons why omega-3 have added health benefits more than what we just hear of, right? We know they're anti-inflammatory. We know omega-3s are critical for cell-to-cell -cell communication, for allowing nutrients in and allowing waste products out. That's a fact. Nobody disagrees with that. However, the idea that you could maybe curb some of your insatiable appetite and create more metabolic homeostasis by adding omega-3s to your diet made me feel like omega-3s may be the single most important nutrient that we could ever, ever take. At the same time, it opened the doorway for me about the cannabinoids, 
the phytocannabinoids, or as we call them, the exogenous cannabinoids, the ones outside of the body. And the interesting fact is, is that the cannabinoids in the plant, CBD and THC, those are the ones that everybody knows, those cannabinoids actually have an effect on the metabolism of the endocannabinoids. That's right. CBD and THC have an effect on the metabolism of the cannabis-like compounds that we produce all day long. And part of that explains the runner's high, which is a version of being high, because when you're running and you're exercising, let's never forget, nutrition without compromise means exercise is the most anti-aging thing we can do. And we have to do that. And when we're exercising, we're able to lower stress and anxiety, largely because when you exercise, you have a flood of endocannabinoids, and the endocannabinoids go to the receptor in, receptors in the brain and in the body. Interestingly enough, the same receptors that THC speaks to. So when you do have the runner's high, you're high on your own supply. So this also means that it has a connection to how your dopamine your self-propagated dopamine works within the system as well, correct? It does, because there's only one reward, there's only one currency, and you named it, that's dopamine. Mm -hmm. And so what I decided to do when I jumped ship, so to speak, and I told the Omega-3 world, thank you very, very much, I want to go try to explore this new thing, I just love being on the bleeding edge of anything. And so it was a huge risk. We knew very, very little about CBD at the time. We know a little bit more now, but one of the big takeaways I wanted to share with the audience today is the combination of getting the adequate amount of omega-3 and then using cannabinoids if appropriate, and we can get into that, the combination of these two things together seem to have a profound effect, and we're seeing it clinically and we're seeing it in the research, meaning if you take CBD, you'll get better results if you take omega-3. If you take omega-3, you may get some added benefit by taking CBD. So it's very exciting to watch how these different systems are able to work together. After all, the endocannabinoids are lipids, omega-3s are lipids. And so I wanted to just say before we get too far that I was very grateful and honored that I got to work with you to get a foundation in lipids before I started learning about CBD and THC. So that's one of the big takeaways today for anyone that's looking for added comfort. Let's say you're taking a lot of omega-3, but you still feel kind of stiff. You're still anxious. You don't really feel comfortable in your own skin. I'm going to beseech you to explore the possibility of taking between 15 to 50 milligrams of CBD per day with low to no THC to start with your omega-3s test your omega-3 levels, make sure that they're appropriate. And I think this is really important brass tack information that people will benefit from. When I called Dr. Joseph Hiblin, who I, we both since became friends with, and I told him that I came over here and that I wanted to try to help start, we called it the CBD evolution because we believed revolutions start badly and end badly. Evolutions, just that's the way it is. And when I told him Karina, that we published a randomized control trial on our 15 milligram plus CBD capsule, soft gel, and that the people ate less. Why? CBD is the opposite of THC. THC gives you the munchies. CBD tells you that you're full. The patients ate less, slept better, felt better, 
and their HDL good cholesterol went up for $1 per day. And he said to me, Stuart, that's remarkable. That is such a huge public health tool. The challenge today is there's still regulatory gray area around the ingredient. And rather than getting too deep into that, I wanted to focus on the potential to take it now, even before we have all of the conclusive evidence, even before we have the regulatory clarity. Because CBD with low to no THC in that dose, between 15 to 50 milligrams a day, is safe and is effective. So the question I would naturally ask after that is, given what we've already covered and how you become the superhero of the nutrient that you are presently working with, I wonder how much you're taking every day. I'm actually taking less CBD than I've ever taken in my life. And the reason is because as we've pointed out, I have a tendency to overdo things. (laughs) (laughs) And also the healthier that I've been able to get, the less I need it. And that is in a very, very important part of the endocannabinoid system. And I hope that it explains why people that are out of balance, severely out of balance, get the best results with CBD and perhaps even a little bit of THC if appropriate. One of my mentors, and I'll make sure that I send you this link to this lecture by Ethan Rousseau, where he connects the endocannabinoid system and gut health. He's a medical doctor. And he's one of the founders of the whole field. It's a brilliant talk. And he basically says, if your guts are healthy, and we all know what that means, no bloating, no gas, no dysbiosis, you have good regular bowel movements, you feel good in your stomach, that if your guts are healthy, that your endocannabinoid system is balanced. If your guts are out of whack, your endocannabinoid system might be imbalanced. He also goes on to say, this blew my mind, that there is a thing called clinical endocannabinoid deficiency. There are people that are deficient in their endocannabinoids, are marijuana-like or cannabis-like compounds. And he wrote a paper about how low endocannabinoid activity may explain these mysterious conditions, migraine, irritable bowel, fibromyalgia. Those are very, very mysterious conditions. And he has found, and other researchers have found, a little bit of CBD elevates the endocannabinoids because they hang around longer. So migraine yours, like my wife, gets tremendous relief from CBD and now even a touch of THC orally eating it, where people with irritable bowel, chronic fatigue, if you think of these treatment-resistant, mysterious things that are going on, CBD helps to elevate your endocannabinoids, which simply are the other side of the immune system. So it essentially your body get back to its balance, uh, much in a way that omega-3s would, but in a different way. That's why I wanted to talk to you. That's why this was such a cool idea. They're complementary, but they're working in different ways, where you have the DHA and EPA from omega-3s specifically working to stimulate resolvins and protectins, resolvins which resolve inflammation, protectins which protect your DNA essentially, and also at the same time be instrumental in supporting cell-to-cell communication, elimination of toxins, transmission of nutrients. I mean, because they're integrated into every cell wall within our 37 trillion in our bodies. So it's no mystery that omega-3s have an effect on your body's natural inflammatory system as a, for example, and also then 
structurally in your brain and your eyes where half of the fat in them is made up of arachidonic acid, which is an omega-6. So not all omega-6s are bad. We're just out of balance, right? And with the other half being DHA, which is an omega-3, right? So we've got those in balance and then we throw it out of whack because we overconsume omega-6s. What you seem to be indicating is that because our endocannabinoid system gets thrown out of whack, largely through things like stress, environmental factors, et cetera, we need support that can help us get there. And we might be able to achieve some of that endogenously if we're in balance, if our gut is healthy. But if it isn't, getting back to normal would be very, very challenging. Is that what I'm hearing correctly? Yes, yes, yes. And if you can indulge me for a second, Karina, I wanted to make a note. You're going to show me papers. I know it. No, I just want to make a note here just to say this, because this is a long list. And at some point, you're just going to say, stop it, because it's just too much. But (laughs) I still do trainings, and I get to go to all the health food stores and trade shows. They always ask me, they say, well, just what is CBD? Because we just assume that everybody knows. And I love starting there. And I say, well, CBD is simply a molecule in hemp that emerging research suggests may have tremendous benefit in the areas of stress, anxiety, inflammation, and pain. And they say, great, what does it do? And then I show them a slide. I put a list together of all of these things. Now, some of these are obviously claims that we don't put on the packaging that we can't talk about. But when people say, what does CBD do? That's a statement of fact. So it's anti-inflammatory. So that's one of the reasons why it's great with omega-3. It's anti-nitrative, anti-proliferative, and procognitive. What do I mean by procognitive? It helps you remember. A THC helps you forget. CBD helps you remember. <laughs> CBD can clarify your thoughts and help stop a racing brain. I'll tell you, that's why I started taking it. It's also prohedonic, right? It makes you enjoy the food more. You just don't eat more. It's pro-oxidative, which is important because we need programmed cell death to be able to destroy dead senescent cells and things that we don't want in our body. And when we metabolize fat, when we metabolize fat, it's through oxidation that that occurs too. So when you think about things like most of your calories are actually burned, that comes out in your breath, your cardiovascular system essentially expels it with CO2. Remember, we were going to work on that paper together called Oxidation Happens, because everybody was so confused about antioxidants. So it's pro-oxidant when need to be and antioxidant when need be. It's immunomodulatory, so it's not an inhibitor, it's a modulator. During the pandemic, Karina, they had the records of the little kids that take CBD for epilepsy that was approved by the FDA, and they matched their rates of SARS contraction and found out that the little kids that were taking a lot of CBD had a very low rate of contraction because CBD boosts the innate immune barrier defense It's immunomodulatory. It's insulin sensitizing. Anyone that's dealing with blood sugar handling issues, you want to take a look at the research on CBD and insulin sensitization. It's neuroprotective, protective in the brain. There's a patent. The U.S. government has a patent on how CBD protects the brain. It's a neuroprotectant, which is why athletes that used a lot of cannabis that got blasted in the head were making the right decision. One of our mutual friends, Colonel Dr. Michael Lewis, was giving patients and still gives patients a handful of omega-3 pills when they get a concussion. And I don't know if I've told you this, Karina, and he has them taking CBD now simultaneously. One of the things they also do is give it intravenously and when there's been an acute trauma, right? Give omega-3s at least that way when there's worry that you won't get enough into your system. 
And I think we tackle much of that by going to polar lipids specifically because our bodies are so much more able to uptake the EPA and DHA in that form as what we produce at Orlo Nutrition from algae in a vegan source, cutting out that middle fish all the time too. So I'm curious to know a little bit more specifically about the CBD connection with things like concussions specifically, and whether this is something you've talked to Dr. Joseph Maroon about since he's another mutual collaborator. Yes, I have. I've shared a lot of it with Dr. Maroon, and he's not allowed to mention names, and I do appreciate that. But he's had many of the patients that he's worked with, including professional athletes, combine CBD and omega-3 for their overall health as they're recovering from traumatic brain injury or surgeries or pain. And I don't think that he'd be uncomfortable with me saying this. And he's used CBD as well. He sent me a picture when he took a hiking trip up Mount Kilimanjaro. And if you remember that, it was called Your Attitude Determines Your Altitude. And he climbed Mount Kilimanjaro with amputees. It was such a beautiful story. And he got to the top of Mount Kilimanjaro and he had a picture of our CBD right there at the top of the mountain. It was funny. He said to me, Stuart, I don't know if it was altitude sickness or if I was a little buzzed, but I felt really good up there. <laughs> In fact, he sent me a picture. He had won an Ironman triathlon and he had a picture of holding our bottle of plus CBD at the finish line with this gold medal. And I said to him, hey, boss, can I use that in my lectures? And he said, no, you cannot. <laughs> <laughs> but we can mention it here amongst friends. He said I can mention it, but I can't use the picture. But I just want to finish this list really quick before I get cut off because it's so long. It's almost done. It's nerfoprotective vasoprotective. Okay. What is nerfoprotective? Cause I'm just thinking of Nerf guns now. <laughs> Your kidneys and. Oh, okay. Sure. Vasoprotective, cardioprotective. Yes. Yeah, CBD is good for the heart. Cardio, bronchoprotective, hepatoprotective, anti-seizure, pancreoprotective, antipsychotic. Yeah. There's a lot of great research for CBD for antipsychosis, antifibrosis, right? We don't want everything turning into thick vibratory scarring tissue, anti-scarring, anti-ischemic, anti-infective, which we talked about with COVID, anti-anxiety. Karina, we published an open-label pilot trial with RCBD and Scott Shannon, MD. It's peer-reviewed, non-PubMed. 80 people took our CBD between 25 and 100 milligrams, had an 80% reduction in anxiety. 80% reduction in anxiety. So it's a harm reduction product from dangerous benzodiazepines. It's anti-nausea, anti-irritant, organoprotective, and the last one, CBD is wake-promoting. What does that mean? It doesn't make you sleepy and sedated like cannabis does. People are confused. Cannabis contains not only THC, but a very potent terpene, a secondary metabolite called beta-mercine, which causes couch lock. That's right. That's what they call it. They call it couch lock. Like literally, I can't get up. I've fallen and I can't get up. And so there are a lot of people lately that are using CBD because they've been overdoing the THC and they've been using cannabis with beta mercine that causes couch lock. So it gets back to what we were talking about. Nutrition without compromise is finding the right balance and not overdoing it. And up until recently, nobody knew the milligram amounts of CBD and THC. And like I like to say in our, my talks, which cannabinoids in which ratios might do which things based on the science. And that's something that the reason I took this job was because I wanted to watch it unfold in real time. 
So if you're confused by some of the terms that I've used, welcome. Everybody is. If you're confused about how much CBD and how much THC to use, welcome. Everybody is. We have a little bit more guidance now than we had before. I said, on average, 15 to 50 milligrams of CBD per day. And it looks like the maximum amount of THC that's safe under the guidance of a doctor, now this isn't self-medicating, is 40 milligrams of THC. This is peer-reviewed evidence. That's about the maximum. If you're a recreational cannabis user, you may be far exceeding those amounts, putting your endocannabinoid system out of balance and not achieving what your intention is, which is to feel comfortable in your own skin. People take cannabis and cannabinoids to help them relax. And let's never forget, cannabis is the first of the sacred plants in the Vedas, 2000 BCE, and it's believed to be the source of happiness, the bestower of joy, the bringer of freedom. What are the other plants? First is cannabis, then Tulsi, sandalwood, and neem. So it's been known to be very effective. What we didn't know is how many milligrams of which cannabinoid in which ratio is appropriate for which condition. We still don't know. And that's why we need shows like this to inspire people to admit we don't know, keeping us in that humble state where we can be teachable so that we don't become victims to our bias. 100%. So one of the things I like to lean on with people is to really get open to listening to your body because I don't necessarily use CBD every day. I don't. It's on my counter in my bathroom as a reminder. And when I feel like I need it, I take a pump or two. It's a very simple thing to do. If I'm feeling overstressed, if I notice that I'm holding my breath, I mean, that for me is an indicator that I'm carrying stress. When I'm holding my breath, I tend to be tighter in my shoulders. I might just hang through the doorway for a moment to open up and then go take a pump of CBD or two, right? Now, the THC piece, I might be a little bit terrified of because though I experimented a bit with that in my teen years and in college, it doesn't react super well for me. And so I have been hesitant to even reapproach it, even though recreational cannabis is now perfectly legal in the state I live in, right? And I understand that you have a product that has, I believe, a 10 to 1 ratio now, CBD to THC. So can you talk to me for a moment about how this product is designed, why that ratio is important, and where it's available so that people from coast to coast might understand what tools are available to them and how they might access it when. Okay, I'm going to start with this and then end with this. Our offer code is nutrition. So you get 30% off our products from listening to Karina's show, Nutrition Without Compromise. The offer code is nutrition and you can get 30% off. 10 to 1 ratio means... 25 milligrams of CBD and only 2.5 milligrams of THC. 2.5 milligrams of THC is the lowest active dose, right? We call this the low L, the lowest observable effect. And so we've done the homework, the science is starting to develop, and it appears, because this is still very speculative, that with 25 milligrams of CBD, and only two and a half milligrams of THC, all of that CBD acts like a natural buffer. Yes, that's right. It makes that little bit of THC more tolerable. And let me explain how that works. 
CBD has an effect on the receptor in the brain that THC speaks to, but indirectly. CBD changes the shape of that receptor ever so slightly so that when you use the THC, it doesn't fit so tightly into the receptor. What does that mean? You feel better. You feel more relaxed. You don't feel as irritated. You don't feel as anxious. And so that's why I say which cannabinoids and which ratio are appropriate for which things. It appears as if the 10 to 1 ratio and we also have a 20 to 1 ratio, which would be 50 milligrams of CBD and 2.5 milligrams of THC. We're calling these products our reserve collection. And we have gummies that are sour watermelon and peach. So when you go to our website, look for the reserve collection, use offer code nutrition and get 30% off. Now I gave you a bottle at the show, but before I did that, I gave a lot of it to a lot of people that say wouldn't be as daring and as open-minded as I know you are, people that were more conservative, that were absolutely anti-intoxication and anti-drug, and I gave them the product, Karina, just to find out. I told them what it was, some of our friends that own health food stores, and they were amazed. They said, Stuart, I used cannabis when I was a teenager. It made me feel anxious. It made me feel sick. I used your reserve collection. I took five pumps. I got 25 milligrams of CBD, 2.5 milligrams of THC, and my brain was as clear and as concise. And I've heard it over and over and over. So what we're learning is a little bit of THC can be great for the brain. A lot of THC might not be good for the brain. Here's the caveat. Unless you have PTSD, and you're under the care of your physician. Well, and then we're talking an entirely different world. We're bridging away from supplements and we're going into treatment. We're not doing a wine glass of cod liver oil a day, Stuart. So let's just put this simply. I did make the commitment to try it that night. Before I flew, I was nervous about flying with it. (laughs) You assured me I'd be okay. (laughs) But I decided to just take two pumps, which was one milligram equivalent of THC. And my reasons for that are many, but ultimately I tend to be more sensitive to herbs in general. I don't tend to need as much as other people seem to for a similar body size, body weight, doesn't seem to matter. I just am really sensitive. So I just took two pumps, which what, I got 10 milligrams of CBD and one milligram of THC. I slept very well. I didn't awake feeling groggy in the morning or anything like that. I didn't seem to have any real after effect from it. But the next day, I had what I would call a creative explosion. Like I just felt like I was firing on all cylinders, like I was able to think creatively about new things I might want to conquer and different approaches to even educating people about omega-3s and what I might do to collaborate with Stuart. And he definitely needs to come on the show and we need to talk about this. But beyond that, just to help people feel a little inspired about their own ability to affect their health and the many ways that we can do that. And I do think that there's something to this balance of omega-3 to CBD and getting a fair amount of these in your system on a routine basis. I'm a little bit hesitant still, frankly, on the THC piece because of its psychotropic availability and how sensitive I personally am to this particular nutrient. Well, THC, I'm sensitive. So as it stands now, I might be a little reticent to do something like that during the day. But every once in a while at bedtime, a couple pumps, I'm like all about it. 
Now, as it stands, where is this product available? It's on cbsciences.com. Is that correct? Their local health food store? Pluscbdoil.com. Okay, so pluscbdoil.com is where they can use the coupon code nutrition to get 30% off their order and get a direct supply, correct? Correct. You ship to all 50 states? Yes, we do. It's been wildly popular in states that don't have legalized cannabis. It's been wildly popular among people that are also, like you, sensitive to the molecule. And I want to throw in one thing before I forget this. Karina, there's polymorphism in the gene that breaks down the endocannabinoids. So when we make endocannabinoids, they live and then they die. And there's a gene that breaks them down, an enzyme that breaks them down. There's polymorphism, meaning there's genetic differences in the way that people break down these endocannabinoids. And that polymorphic difference may be part of the reason why some people respond to cannabinoids and some people don't. And that goes above and beyond whether or not your guts are healthy, like Ethan Rousseau talks about. There is a genetic component that can never, ever, ever be missed that might explain disparities in cannabis use disorder. And that's a very interesting conversation. So if you're someone who has been very sensitive to THC, you may like trying the reserve product because based on the original research out of Israel, a very small amount of it helps to improve cognitive impairment, cognitive impairment, and enhances your memory, a small amount of THC, where larger amounts of THC may help you forget, which is great if you've had trauma. So in us learning the appropriate way to use this, I think we're going to open up a lot of doorways for people to use THC responsibly, not to smoke, sorry, not to vape, not to inhale. Ethan Russo, MD, says himself, any nutritional use or medical use of cannabis, you eat it. When you smoke it or you inhale it, you overwhelm the receptors in the brain and you eventually develop tolerance. I know this is disappointing to some people, but this is where the science is pointing. Well, there's ritual in smoking it, which I think is part of why it retains that popularity. The idea of passing a peace pipe, of communing with other people in this way, there's power in that. There's power in the connection between individuals in that way. And so I think that's why you will continue to run into that. And people enjoy smoking it. I mean, I live in Santa Cruz, California. 420 is a thing, right? (laughs) But I also want to remind everybody what we do not know Again, this 10 to 1 ratio, anyone who's using THC at all, let's say you're using 10 or 25 milligrams a day, you need more CBD. If you're taking 10 milligrams of THC a day, you might need 100 milligrams of CBD at least. And so that is new information. Anyone using THC will feel better with more CBD. And let me just get the thing that out of the way that people often say, well, I don't want to add the CBD to my THC because it'll ruin my buzz. Okay. I don't think that's how it works. That's not true. It will enhance your overall experience. You will feel better and it will be more sustainable. And by introducing the CBD, you'll be able to use less of the THC. So that's why I think we're on the precipice of a real understanding. Because essentially what you're talking about there is that it would basically impede the tolerance factor right? Because it's resensitizing your endocannabinoid system. Is that how that works? When you take the CBD, the technical term is it's a negative allosteric modulator of the cannabinoid binding one receptor. 
And that's what I was saying. It goes into to the back pocket on the other side of the orthosteric site, changes the shape of the receptor so there's less conformation. The THC doesn't fit as snugly in there. And that's the theory is that it's causing that when the THC alone, without anything, fits right in the CB1 receptor, it can cause tachycardia, it can make people anxious, it can make people nervous. When you get over a certain dosage, it's a bell-shaped curve. There's research that shows two milligrams of THC, patients felt fine. Five, they felt great. Seven and a half, they still felt okay. At 12 and a half milligrams, they just felt anxious and horrible. <laughs> this is peer-reviewed research in a clinical setting. And even from ingestibles, because what you're referring to is specifically ingestibles. Correct, ingestibles. And that's why I think it's important to help people understand that why we created the reserve product at the 10 to 1 ratio was to create a wellness product using THC that had not been done before in my observation. So two and a half milligrams, is that enough to make somebody feel the psychotropic effects of cannabis? It is right there at the threshold. There are two technical terms, the Noel and the Lowell. No observed adverse effect level and the lowest observed effect level. 2.5 milligrams of THC is the sweet spot. Now, the latest science says, wait four hours, maybe five hours. You can take another two and a half milligrams. Five milligrams maximum for the whole day is the safe amount of THC. This is what's being debated. This is a very interesting conversation. Most people take more than five milligrams of THC. Well, yes, and most of the edibles out there are at least five. so Or 10. So I think this is something <laughs> that now that it's legal-ish almost across the country, that I think it's a very responsible and important conversation that we have so that if we're going to incorporate cannabinoids into our health regime because we want nutrition without compromise, it's imperative that we use it appropriately and correctly. 100% agree. And listening to your body can be key in this whole thing. I would not go off-label in this particular arena unless you are working with someone that you trust. So really, I think that's what it comes down to. But one thing I want to say really quick, the, the preparation that's approved in 30 countries around the world that has one-to-one CBD to THC, they give the patient the little spray. It's for severe conditions. And when you read the dosing instructions, you just titrate your own dose, just like you do when you said you feel it. And that was one of the most impactful parts of our earliest talks that we gave, where we showed people, here's a pharmaceutical preparation that's telling the patient, you will know how you feel. You will know when you have relief. Keep taking it until you get relief. If you get intoxicated, well, then take less than that. That personal responsibility and personal empowerment, I think that's a really beautiful and powerful thing. And that's part of nutrition without compromise is giving people the information and the tools that they need to take care of themselves. Once again, if you're someone that doesn't like THC at all, our gold 15 milligram soft gel, people ate less, slept better, felt better, their quality of life improved, and their HDL cholesterol went up at 15 milligrams of CBD. It's a very small amount. So again, between 15 to 50 milligrams of CBD per day, and in our reserve product, two and a half milligrams of THC, 25 milligrams of CBD. These are products that are safe and effective. And to your point, though, taking them hours upon hours apart if you're taking a dose, because ingestibles can work a little slow in the system. And if you stacked yourself and took two doses within an hour, 
you might feel something. It might actually compound upon the prior level that you put in. One question that I've heard come up often, especially as you're offering a liquid product that you can pump in the mouth, does the THC settle within the oil or is it completely homogenous throughout the bottle? What do people do? Are they advised to shake it before they consume it? Yeah, no shaking needed. We're very, very lucky. We've done a lot of testing on the formula and you don't have to shake it. You just take it. Okay. Don't shake it. Just take it. Follow the instructions. Maybe take a little less if you're nervous like me and go with how you feel. Yeah. It's microdosing. It's microdosing of THC, which is the appropriate way to use it. I remember when I would show the work of Professor Raphael Meshulam, and I'll make sure that you get the link for that as well. His documentary called The Scientist. He's the great Israeli professor that has discovered most of this And he wrote a very powerful paper that says a single ultra low dose of THC, several magnitudes lower than the conventional dose to get a mouse stoned, protects the brain against insults and cognitive deficits. It's incredible. A very small. And so your burst that you had of creativity was some great example of the neuroplasticity and some of the synaptogenesis, some of what can happen in the brain with THC. And as a wellness product at a very, very small amount, buffered with a lot of CBD, it's a very powerful tool in the tool chest. It's not for everyone. Again, it could be genetic, but the people that are using it, that are using it appropriately, it's our fastest selling product. And starting with CBD is a great place to start. Yeah. Just start with just CBD. And if you want a little bit more, then go to the reserve collection. We also have sleep and calm gummies that are delicious, that we mix other nutrients with. Gummies are outselling liquids and capsules. I was resistant to gummies. I remember with the uh, Nordic berry, how I was making fun of that and I was wrong and gummies have ended up taking over. So we have a sleep and calm gummy, a calm gummy during the day and a sleep gummy at night. And in the calm gummy, we're adding L-theanine, which is very known for helping you relax from green tea and 5-HTP that the body uses to convert into serotonin. And we're combining that with the CBD, only 10 milligrams in a gummy, and that we're getting incredible results with that. It's called our Calm Gummy. And the Sleep Gummy has three milligrams of melatonin, 10 milligrams of CBD. We put magnolia bark, hinochiol from the magnolia bark, and lemon balm, which is basically a baby natural Valium alternative because it works on the GABA A receptor, but it's safe. So we have a sleep gummy and a calm gummy, our standard CBD, and then our reserve collection when you want a little bit of extra THC maybe at night or for some creativity. Well, I'll have to put in an order for some of those gummies to try because I'm open to trying anything to help me sleep a little better and feel a little bit more stable. I'll send you some. Fantastic. Here's our little holiday pack. So again, you get 30% off. Here's a sleep and calm gummy. Look at how cute that looks. You got a little picture right there on the side, but I'll make sure to send you some of these so that you can try them. At the show I saw you at recently, we were handing them out. You know, at the show where they say you can't hand out any CBD samples. So I just hand out all the samples, handed them to you, handed them to the FDA when they walk by. (laughs) (laughs) Well, for a while there, Natural Products Expo East and Expo West wouldn't even allow you to exhibit. So, Oh no, there was a time where we were told we couldn't exhibit and I walked around with a roller bag filled with samples and just handed them out the entire show. Because of course you did. It, it, was, it felt like so much fun. 
Well, I appreciate fully your commitment to helping people really getting access to the information they need to help themselves achieve the best possible health. And I have personally really enjoyed working with you in the Omega-3 space. It's really interesting to see this whole path unfold. I just really want to thank you for spending this time with us today. And also make sure that you get your supply of Orlo Omega-3s. So I'm going to be sending some to you. I want to just tell you, I saw it at the show. I stopped some of the retailers that I know and I said, look, 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 look at this. Here's Karina over here. Check this out. So I'm thrilled with how it looks and the packaging and the story and everything. And it's it, you're making a great contribution. Thank you. Oh, well, thank you so much. So just for our audience, as a reminder, you can receive a ongoing 15% off of any Orlo product just by subscribing. So you can subscribe and save. And for listening to this podcast, you can use the coupon code NWC10 for an extra 10% off at checkout. So keep note of these two things for Orlo Nutrition and WC10 for an extra 10% off your order. And of course, with Stuart Tomk at pluscbdoil.com, the coupon code is nutrition for a whopping 30% off your order. So just in time for the holidays, right, Stuart? Yeah, this is what you want to give everybody in your life, some calm and sleep gummies. Well, I think that it could fit in a stocking if you have one for your adult family members. I'm thinking about doing that with Matt. So thank you so much, Stuart. My pleasure. What an insightful and interesting conversation with Stuart Tonk. It's always such a pleasure to connect with him. We are longtime friends in this industry. And anyone who is committed to the research in the way that Stuart is, he always has so much knowledge to share. He's truly mission-driven and here to help people achieve what can be their absolute best health. So I would like to just remind everyone, you can go to pluscbdoil.com, take a look at the product array. But if you forget any of what we mentioned in today's episode, you can always check show notes at orlonutrition.com or in the show notes that are truncated on whichever podcast platform you happen to be absorbing this content. Perhaps you're even watching it on YouTube. You can learn more about how much omega-3 you should be consuming each day at warlownutrition.com and the right metrics for how much you should be consuming of the CBD in particular at pluscbdoil.com. Thank you for joining me today. If you have any questions for Stuart or myself, you can always send me an email note via social channels at orlonutrition or directly via email to hello at orlonutrition.com. I hope that you'll join me today as I raise my cup of coffee and you raise a cup of your favorite beverage as I say my closing words. Here's to your health. Thanks for listening to Nutrition Without Compromise. To make sure you never miss an episode, subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to learn more, visit orlonutrition.com and join our mailing list. You'll gain access to complete show notes, features, and informative blogs because nutrition shouldn't be an either or.